Welcome to the Double D Do Business Podcast by RLC with your hosts, Dave Evans and Debbie Halls Evans, where they meet each week with guests and discover ways you can help yourself and others become best version businesses, teams, and people. Welcome back to Double D Do Business. Debbie, are you there? I am here in a different room. Now, are you sure you're there? Because sometimes your mindset can be a little bit crazy. Not sure you can say things like that, but thank you very much. I believe that I have a very good mindset control. Thank you, Mr. Evans. Do you think there's a need to manage mindsets, Debbie? I do. And just on that note, I believe we've got somebody who specializes in that this week. See, I wasn't actually talking about your mindset. Now, you see, you realize, don't you? I was actually setting up our guest. And we Wait, are that's very, great. very, very lucky to have Charlie Bezik with us today. Uh, Charlie, I'm glad you got a surname right there, Dave. Yeah, I, I'm very good at not spelling out Ws when I speak, <laughs> Debbie. So, so it works for me, right? So, so, Charlie, how on earth did you meet Debbie? Um, I think it was just over, it was, was it over LinkedIn? I think it was just, it was, yeah, it was just, yeah. I, I'm commented very, on one of your posts. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm super passionate about making real connections on LinkedIn and getting to know people behind the posts and Debbie's very similar. So I think that just naturally led us towards each other, chatting, sharing stories. And it went from there. That's, that's cool. And, and Debbie, what draw your attention, uh, or got your Drew? attention, um, I mean, what drew my attention, Dave? Shall we do some grammar here as well? Uh, I think one of the things, and I know that Charlie will talk about this, I think there's a synergy in regards to what Charlie talks about in regards to what we do as a business, but overall as day-to-day living. Um, and I also think I was completely drawn by her heroic status as a, a working mum, a teacher, a parent. Just her, her life story is incredible alongside that. Um, no and what she no pressure whatsoever, Charlie. <laughs> but it, I think it, there was just, it was just very natural. We had our first conversation just via Zoom and we both just chatted and chatted and chatted and actually didn't really stop for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and I just thought she'd be perfect for the podcast because what she's got to offer yeah. is value to everybody, but also for people to really consider working with her and how she works. It's, it's, I think it's incredible. So Charlie, tell people what you do. Wow. Okay. So where to start? Um, mindset management is my business. That's what I'm all about, both personally and professionally. And so I, I work in a couple of capacities. I work with a coaching arm, which is sort of helping people get unstuck and get out of their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from a business perspective, helping organizations to really help their employees to be the best so that they can then give the best. So particularly around organizations where customer experience service is key yeah. then i'm really passionate about getting into the heads of individuals for the collective good i mean getting and into then, the head sorry, of individuals is a big statement isn't it that's that's really cool sorry debbie were you going to say something no carry on your question was much better i liked it, the statement that you said uh so <laughs> i think one of the things that i liked already charlie is you're talking about being real mm. now as rlc real leadership coaching and real leadership consulting real in our founding years was really important and today it defines us so i like that searching for real connections so how how did you end up where you are so what's the story behind charlie wow i don't know this is even better (laughs) 
Okay. It's a great story. <laughs> I'm feeling the pressure here, Debbie. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to take you back to 2005. That's where my story probably properly began. Um, and I became the parent of twin boys, Oliver and Harry. Yep. They were born two months early. They were only £3.9. They were teeny tiny, whisked away to special care after I'd had an emergency C-section. So it was all very chaotic anyway. And then four hours later, the paediatrician came to me and said that to me and my husband, that twin one Oliver was fine. And at that point, I just thought, oh, this is not going to end well. Yeah. Um, and he said twin two. Harry had been born with a rare craniofacial condition, which for him meant that he'd been born with no eye, no eye socket, no ear, no nostril, a short underdeveloped jaw or on his left hand side. And he also warned that he may have brain damage and never walk. So wow. literally within, yeah, yeah, wow. So literally within the space of, I'd probably say about a minute and a half, um, I went from, you know, everyday mum with loads in common with everybody else on the ward to feeling like I'd been dropped on a foreign, you know, sort of strange mm -hmm. planet. Um, and my head was completely on my backside. I was consumed by guilt, was the, the first overwhelming feeling, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, and grief and grief for a life that I would have never chosen and didn't want, didn't want to be a special needs parent, didn't want to be a carer for a disabled baby. That's not what I signed up for at all. Um, and, and just grief for the life that me and my family would never know really. Harry then went on at about two and a half years old to be diagnosed with severe autism. So although my boys are 15 now, Harry functions around about four years old. So um, puberty and just general development is incredibly challenging for Harry. And over the years, we've had a, a whole host of challenges and struggles with him around self-harming, aggression, you know, all of those sort of, of things that children, typical children experience, but with autism, it's magnified and yeah. it goes on for a lot longer. So um, I guess that's the boys aspect of my story. And then if your listeners are still awake um, <laughs> after all that, my I was, oh, a, yeah. I was a full time primary school teacher when the boys were born. Um, and, and I love that. I love making a difference. That's, yeah. that's why I went into teaching. I love giving back. And I was what I call a performing seal for my seven-year-olds I taught. You know, um, <laughs> I taught in a real deprived area and I felt a real sense of obligation to be a really good role model for those kids because they didn't have it at home. And so I used to say in teaching, my class get the best of me and my kids get what's left of me. Um, yeah. And Harry thinks that sleep is for the week. He lives by that mantra. Sadly, I don't. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> kind of functioning on three hours sleep and it just didn't work. It, you know, I, I became a single parent. Unfortunately, my marriage broke down. And yeah, I, I, was, I had to work part time, job share. And then that led to me sort of doing some network marketing for a while, at which time, looking back, I think I became a bit of an arse because I really wasn't myself. One second, if you're, if you're listening to Double DD Business today and you're thinking, and you've just tuned in and pressed start at the wrong place, <laughs> you, you haven't decided to in, introduce somebody who's a fish in a teaching capacity uh, and is an arse. So, so no, I, I, I want to interject only for a moment because I, I love the parody of how you're using comedy to be self-deprecative in a positive way. Yeah. Because it sounds like you haven't let your circumstances today define you listening to this uh, because I can suddenly connect up listening to you, Charlie, that your mindset was shattered yeah. by situational circumstance. It could have destroyed you. Yeah. 
yeah and actually did for a little while i will yeah. say but nobody knew so this whole smile that we all go about wearing when people say are you okay and i call that i call that the lie we wear so when yeah. we smile and people are saying you know how are you yeah i'm good i'm fine thank you it's the lie it's internally i was crumbling but i, I didn't feel i could let people down any more than i was already telling myself i had yeah. um and so yeah it was a real battle for me and, and i think what i'm really keen to sort of stress is that yes i've got it all together now but it wasn't always like this and it, it wasn't easy to get to from where i was to where i am i think people see overnight successes that take 10 years and yeah. they tend to judge oh, things yeah. on where we are now and forget the work that that takes and i think if people are struggling with mindset it's important to say that it absolutely won't always be like this but it's not an overnight process but it, what, what I like about mindset, and and we'll, we'll loop back, Debbie, in a second as an actual loop, not as a phrase, uh, in a second, okay. back to the story, is um, what I like about it is, is that there's a recognition in your story about mindsets today. And if you look at Viktor Frankl's work in logotherapy and his, and his studies from Auschwitz, he talked about it's the internal victory that gets you through things. And if yeah. you don't have an attitude internally that allows you to sort out the internal things, you got no chance on the outside. Yeah. No, the yeah. world will screw with you. Yeah, I completely. Yeah. yeah. And actually, where I come from mindset, it, it's like it's very much the lens we see our lives through. Yep. So if you've got that victory mindset, then you can find a victory in every day, regardless yep. of, you know, if you got up out of bed, that's a victory. If you didn't manage that, but you're still awake and alive, it's a victory. It's all relative to your context at that time. But equally, people can be in a real victim mentality where they're only looking for the things that confirm to them that yep. they are wrong, they're not good enough, they are less than anybody else. So it, it, our internal state completely dictates our perception, which is an active process. Yep. Yep. Now that's good. I like this. And and thank you for sharing such a sensitive subject too. And being honest about Debbie, going back to real one more time, being really candid about you mm -hmm. didn't choose this life when it happened. No. Now, there's, a, there's so much fluffiness in parenting uh, all around the world where people don't tell the truth about how they really feel, whether, yeah. it's, whether it's exhaustion, whether it's not having enough money, whether it's, it's broken the relationship, whether it's, I actually didn't realize I didn't want to be a dad or a mum. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're all less and less, but they're still considered to be relatively taboo because yeah. the belief system that is force fed us is being a parent is the most important thing in the world. Yeah. What do you say if it isn't? And I love that honesty in your real capture of yeah. what actually happened. So um, talk to us a bit. When you're doing your helping people get get unstuck, okay. what is the ethos that sits behind your your mindset thinking? So it very much starts around self talk. Yep. Um, and, and some people need that unpicking a little bit. But for me, so you know, I'll give you a couple of examples there. A lot of my self talk at the beginning was very much. I blamed Harry, I blamed myself for Harry's condition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, my husband blamed me, I'd let them down. So these are the sort of things that I told myself. And through that, that became the lens that I saw the world. Yeah. Then when I became a single parent, I was telling myself, well, of course I can be this performing seal for the class full time and be a full time carer for, for Harry 
and focus, you know, function on three hours sleep. And that led to burnout. And when I was 34, I was taken to A&E with a suspected stroke because I'd pushed myself. 34 I'd, years old. Yeah, yeah you know, I'd, I'd bought into that. I can't let people down. I can do it. This superwoman facade, um, which wasn't helpful. So I have, you know, I've lived the, the power and the danger of self-talk. And so for me, it's very much around getting people and helping people to become aware of the things that they are saying to themselves about themselves. Because my definition of self-talk is, is that is very much, you know, the things that we say to ourselves about ourselves internally or out loud, which determine our perception of motivation towards and engagement with the world around us. I love it. And, and chat. Sorry, Debbie. Sorry, Deb. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you. I know you've not met Charlie before, so this is quite new for you. But for me, I so there's three things about Charlie that I want everybody to know. Is one is please go on LinkedIn and start watching her A to Z videos <laughs> uh, because they motivate me, um, and I'm not easily motivated every morning. Debbie, I know that Debbie, they, Debbie is that the, is that the A to Z videos? It is yes, with my Bolton accent, um, but it also gets people to start thinking about what mindset is for them on a very individual level and um, because it is about self-ownership and accountability but I also think the question I want people to explore and understand a bit more about you Charlie is where did that transition happen so where does that transition happen from you know single parent um being a parent of twins let's just ignore uh the moment just a parent of twins and then having you know harry's autism and his uh, disability but also ollie as well you know you still parent to two children um, and then transitioning to being full-time and then setting up a business because you know i think now right now particularly in the middle of a global pandemic it's not the same but it is that there are a lot of people who are having to make life choices and having the right mindset to do it is really important. What did you do? What, when, when did that happen from that 2005 timeline we've started to, where did it happen? That kind of decade of movement. Crikey. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's such a big question for half an hour. Sorry. Um, no, that's fine. I think self-talk and the awareness side um, in early days, probably about when the boys were about 18 months old, I used to take the boys out and we would have, I, I said, well, I was like the Pied Piper, we'd have a string of children behind us staring at the boy with half a face and they'd want to point or laugh or jeer or stare. Um, and, and for a while, I didn't leave the house when the boys were really little because of that. And when the boys were a little bit older, I remember thinking to myself, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep running. Um, and you need to turn around. And I just had a word of myself. So at that point, I became very aware because I turned the buggy around and I'd got maybe three or four children wandering around mother care. Um, and I just said to them, this is Harry, come and say hello. And that for me was a real life and game changing moment in my postnatal depression recovery and my, my personal development. Because for me, then it was facing the fear because often I think the fear of anything is bigger than the act itself. Yeah. Definitely. So we build it up to be, so we, we go with this, you know, what if this happens? What if this goes wrong? Um, and I love the, the English proverb of worrying is like a rocking chair, gives you something to do, but doesn't get you anywhere. And I love that sort of analogy. Um, That's great. Yeah. So for me, I've always kind of just thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a go because I would rather regret something I tried than regret something I'd never been brave enough to have a go at. Um, there's, two, there's, there's two huge reflections there for anybody listening. Um, 
because uh, we're presenting you a choice today, a bit like if you listen to Brené Brown's work, she leaves you with a choice at the end. Mm -hmm. and, and that is mm -hmm. to either stay where you are and lick your wounds, right? Because now you are actively choosing to sit in your own, whatever it is, uh, versus- Rocking chair. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Get up, move on and see what happens next. Because yeah. I want to I wanna just segue in an RLC link to this. Anyone listening, even with this year's COVID, we are still solely responsible for what goes on inside our heads that produces what's outside and around us. And if you're going around listening to this today thinking, wow, I let the world validate who I am. Stop. Because you're not going to get anywhere. Get back in the rocking chair. It's safer. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and when you realize in your rocking chair that doesn't work either, the answers are only on the inside. So, so back to you, Charlie, you were telling us the answers to Debbie's brilliant question. <laughs> um, no, I, I, you know, I think that's completely spot on, Dave, in, in terms of what you're saying. Um, but then in, in terms of sort of creating the business, I've got that personal development. Um, and as Harry grew older, I knew that I couldn't be a full time teacher forever. I needed flexibility around his appointments. You know, he's had his school taken apart twice. He's had over 20 operations for um, wow extensive reconstruction he has therapies he has we have appointments with schools and his behaviors really poor um and i couldn't do that and give my children in the class the best of me and i am very much i, I, I either give you everything or i don't commit um, can, I, can i ask you was the school mightily relieved because you were telling me that you were just being a seal every day <laughs> oh. I, have, I have mental images of charlie going like this <laughs> Right, Dave, that's not appropriate. Let's it move made, on. It made for an interesting Ofsted report, let's put it that uh, way. And how, how do you get assessed when the assessor comes? <laughs> but no, and sometimes comedy is just a way out of dealing with what is a very serious situation. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it sounds like you, you were brave enough to find yourself within it. Yes, yeah. And, and I think bravery is the right word. I think you do have to be brave. You know, holding a mirror up to yourself and looking at the times when you maybe haven't been your best and realizing how you can develop and, and learn and move forward can be a really painful process but actually it's our biggest fears that give us our greatest gains um, you know those biggest challenges um, that, that really stretch us as people um, and I mentioned earlier that I worked in network marketing so I in 2014 left teaching having gone part-time but I'm a bit of a control freak I like doing a job right and a job share didn't work for me unfortunately yeah. yeah um network marketing gave me a really good income uh but it didn't give me that feel good I didn't feel that I was making a difference and at one point in my life I was doing the whole fake it till you make it malarkey my business was was on the dive a little bit and I was still doing this whole shiny smile, lie we wear, this is a great life, you two can have these nice cars and lovely handbags. And I just thought, this is just not me. I'm, I'm not being who I, I'm not being true to myself. Yeah. And so I, I walked away from network marketing, started blogging, um, which is Our Altered Life, if anybody's interested in, in the blog that I wrote about my journey with the boys. Um, I'll put the link in as well. Oh, thank you. Around the same time, so 2017, I published our bio, my biography. Um, and that's been an Amazon bestseller. So that that's again our altered life. The, the family. Congratu Congratulations on that. Just Thank once. You. I like the way you said it as throwaway. And that's <laughs> been an Amazon bestseller. That's, that's like so. <laughs> that's part of the secret, isn't it? Uh, yeah, You've not no, written it with an intent to be a bestseller. You've written it for your own self-help. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm never going to make a fortune with that book, but I am, I do feel that I'm making a difference with it. I get messages from parents saying you've written what I think, but don't say, and that to me is priceless. Um, but from yeah. there, I think self-development is addictive, I would say. And I think the more you find out about yourself, the more you realize that that empowers you and makes you a better version of yourself, the more you just want to do it. Um, and so from there, I kind of, sat back and I just thought what as, as Debbie's just said at what point in my journey have I recovered what what did I do to help that recovery and it was very much around listening to that self-narrative and very much about being aware of, of who I was telling myself I was because we tend to believe what we tell ourselves um and then I I challenged it and then I developed then a, a process of hearing our own self-talk and challenging that objectively so that we can have that success, whatever success looks like, both personally and professionally. I like it because you. I want to paint a picture to the listeners about coastal erosion. Okay. I'm just waiting for Debbie's face. She's like, what? I right. just... <laughs> uh, but I know it's all but of us, My life it? is built on tangents, Charlie. Yeah, so it, coastal <laughs> erosion is classic, isn't it? That's. I think that's the output of self-talk. All of a sudden, your body, which is the coast, mm -hmm. like the coastal erosion, will collapse. Yes. And what we don't realize, I've said to Debbie for decades, that's so cool to be able to say that, darling. Uh, right, I've said to Debbie for decades that, you know, when you're growing up, the output of your self-script will deal with you during a decade of your life. Yeah. Now, you and I don't know what decade that is. The warning signs, though, here are, if you're listening to this and Charlie, from what you shared today so far mm -hmm. is that it can be really quite catastrophic, including your health. Yes. So if you're listening to this, you know, I've got some self-talk I need to really work out and deal with and you need help. Get in touch with us at info at rlc-global.com. And if you want to talk to Charlie Bezik directly, Charlie, how do people get in touch with you to get mindset help? So um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. That would be amazing. And my website is uh, charliebeswick.com. So info at charliebeswick.com for, for more information. Now, this isn't the end of the podcast today, but we are talking about coastal erosion and the effect of self-talk over a very long period of time. And I think if you're listening to this, you should think immediately about if you're one of those that need a bit of assistance or you know somebody that does, ask them to listen to this podcast and a real story about a real person facing into the mirror and dealing with themselves in, in the best way possible, which is actually recognizing I need a little bit of help myself. Uh, so how do you spend your time then with your mindset work today? What is it you do? So Debs has mentioned a bit of a clue. I need to subscribe to this, Debbie. <laughs> so I decided to, um, I mean, different forums work for different people, but I'm a very animated person, as you, as you know, I'm a chatterbox, I like, you know, the, the medium of, of video, and I hate speaking on the telephone, but I love face calls, I love FaceTime and Zoom meetings, so I decided to create a series of videos, one for every letter of the alphabet on the A to Z of why mindset management matters in the workplace and why it's really vital that employers are aware of and helping employees deal with their own mindset. So that's, um, if you sort of follow the hashtag A to Z of mindset management, you can see them all there. And I think we're on P today. Um, so yep. we've got a few a few left if, you were, if you're gonna catch up. I need a P please, Bob. But, <laughs> oh, I should have seen that one coming. Oh, so bad. 
Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I love videos. I love writing articles. There's not enough hours in the day for me to get the content down that I want to record, to be fair. Um, but I just love sharing the insights because I just think it's really important that we are sharing, particularly now, um, more than ever. And, and I liked what you said there about, you know, sort of Brené Brown, and she talks a lot about vulnerability. And I think I always say what we see as vulnerable, other people see as courage people are waiting for permission to be themselves and if you can be the one voice in the workplace or in the house that says do you know what i'm having a bit of a tough day today that can be the catalyst for any number of really productive conversations that can transform somebody's life let alone their day and i don't say that flippantly you know these conversations are vital to be having and it starts with us and and as a, as a, and it's different according to which generation you're in right so sure. i witness uh, younger generations um who are really good at listening really good at demonstrating empathy and, and an often friendly compassion to their friends friends particularly but then they make this critical mistake they agree and reinforce mm. and actually actually um to be a really true friend who loves their friends we need to stop, sit back and step back and say, am I reinforcing a self-script by what I say or listen or do? Yeah. And actually stop and say, hold on a moment. That's not true. Loving someone isn't saying I agree with you. you no. know, listening isn't saying I agree with you. And, 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 I, and as you said what you just said, I just felt compelled to connect with it and say, hold on a minute. Again, if that's somebody that's like that, just the next time you find yourself listening to your friend who's telling you something, and you think there's a script somewhere in play it the best thing you can do is not agree listen yeah, absolutely but call out that this could be a script because you could just change the shape of their life yeah completely and i do that a lot with my own children i have two stepchildren as well and that's a conversation we regularly have so they might come home and say for example um I had a really bad math lesson today. I'm terrible at maths. And I'll say, always terrible at maths, terrible at everything in maths. That's right. You know, and then they're like, oh, well, okay, I'm not great at fractions, but I can do algebra. I'm like, wow, okay, so you're not terrible at maths. You just struggle with fractions. There's a difference. Yeah. And I think, you know, yeah. it's that whole one mistake doesn't make us a failure. One spelling mistake doesn't make us terrible at, at grammar, you know. So it, we're very good at generalizing. Um, and, and, and actually, Charlie, for those listening, it's called a complex equivalent. It's where we make an absolute rule about something that shouldn't really be an absolute rule. You know, yeah. no one loves me. What? Nobody yeah. at all. Yeah. And if you've got a pet, not even your pet. So you, your dog doesn't welcome you in at night. Yeah, they do. So your dog loves you. Let's start there. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think the flip side of that as well, which is really important, is that people are very good at generalizing issues or negatives yep. and taking either responsibility or the victim role for that but if something good happens if they get a compliment or something goes well then they'll dismiss that as luck or just a fluke or yeah. you know so it's about taking responsibility for the good the bad and the ugly you know all of it and just saying yes i had a bad day today so what did i do what was my role in that bad day and what could i do differently yeah. and equally if it's gone well what did i do well that i could repeat and build on yep no, it's, it's tremendous, Debbie. Thanks, Dave. I could get a word in. Welcome, Debbie. Uh, a couple of things. Thanks, Charlie. Uh, Charlie, um, our guest on Double D Do Business today is Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a couple of questions, I think, for me. I think um, 
one is I'm a ferocious day with a V uh, reader and um, and I think one of the things for me my turning point on dealing with my own mindset um, was over a whole decade and again I really want to emphasize what you said is that I think any self-growth it never stops any self-development never stops because I agree with you there is like a, a trigger of who else can I be? What else can I do? Gosh, it was always inside us. You know, it was always inside us, irrespective. And I do believe everybody's got a story. Is there anybody individual, um, living or dead, uh, who has kind of triggered any kind of the activity for you or kind of made you think differently that's kind of taken you down a different path to the self-development? Uh, Brené Brown, just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. I know. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I love everything she puts out. I actually really like Jada Pinkett Smith and the Red Table Talks that she holds, um, because I think that's a. a she's real... on there, by the way. This week, she's on. Brené she... Brown is on Jada. Mm. <gasps> like completely. I know. Is oh that like, that's like the perfect Nirvana. <laughs> it is. Oh my. Oh my days. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So you know, I think those two. Any anybody really that gives a real forum for on Oprah Winfrey, you know, somebody that can own mm. their story. Um, it's really powerful to me. I, I don't value him. I don't rate him as an actor, but I love Jim Carrey. Um, I love his philosophy. Um, you know, yeah. he, he sort of buys into the universe, what you put out there. Um, and, I, and I really value and like his philosophy, um, not so much as an actor, but sorry, Jim, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> well, we just, oh, every week, We've got the chat cool. here going. Jim said it's okay. Okay, good, good. So, yeah, great. Not offended. That's good to know. Um, so, yeah, I think offhand, they would probably be the, the top ones that I would think of. Um, yeah, but then, I, you know, there's more personal ones. So my nan, she would have been 99 this year. She passed away about six years ago. She was the old school, stiff upper lip, keep it to go, you know, keep going. Um, but she would crumble inside and I would see my nan struggling at times. Um, and so I would just think, you know, I wish she'd be kinder to herself. And I do think this, you know, we can all be so kind to other people. We can all give so much of ourselves to other people. And yet we become the last person on our list. Um, and I just think my, managing our own mindset is about looking after who we are for us as well as anybody else. Yeah, well, I think there's anything to do with self-development is, you know, we've the label of selfish. We even say it to our children growing up, don't be selfish, share. Yeah. Well, actually selfish is a, you know, is something that we have to be first before we can be better. And I think it's really important that we, we kind of retake back the word of selfish, as in it begins with self. Yeah. Um, and it means that we're going to be better. Dave always gives the analogy, and I think it's the, the usual one of, you know, the oxygen mask. You know, it doesn't matter whether you think you're doing the right thing, passing it to somebody else is you're not going to help anybody else more than, you know, maybe the singular person. So I think that's I think it's a really good point. I'm with you. I think Brenner Brain was my was literally an epiphany. I've never had one since. And I was very fortunate. I was in the phone Dave up and uh, it had to, he had to wait 10 years for me to actually say, um, I'm, I'm here, I found myself. And it was literally her words. And I was walking, um, fortunately in New York at the time, but I was walking and I literally just fell to my knees. I'd never heard anybody say this. I suddenly realized that I was okay. Yeah. Uh, and all the years I'd verbally abused myself internally. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, like you say, I love the fact that, you know, you've got the lies in your face. We call it story lies because we continue to build the story. And then the story becomes real. Or we genuinely believe that that is the reality. 
Um, and for me, Stoicism is another philosophy that I absolutely love because you know one of the things that Marcus Aurelius says is that he actually says you'll never know yourself as others see you and I just find that really fascinating is that we have our own self-perception that we paint um, and then we think everybody else sees us like that I have never met anybody who sees me as I see me I just still haven't you know with Dave did this incredible thing for my 50th birthday and he got the kids to sit around and they all told me a story about what I was to them. It was really powerful, Charlie. Wow. Um, and it was just incredible because I I never knew that that's what they thought. I, I thought all my life, I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good friend. I'm not a good mum. I'm not particularly great at this. I'm not. And hearing it from other people, and it wasn't ego. It wasn't narcissism. It was It was just somebody else's viewpoint of how they actually saw you was an incredible experience uh, it got I, I had to wait till I was 50 <laughs> <laughs> but anyway not to worry hey, yeah Deb, Debbie and, and Charlie I, I, the amount of times in my life I have this following thought where I go oh my goodness I'm like that and everybody around me goes hello yeah about a freaking <laughs> time Dave I remember I remember my little sister Heather who's like my unofficial um she's like my unofficial counselor isn't she Debbie because she, yeah, she's so she's sweet awesome. and so intelligent and she doesn't take sides. Yeah. And we'll talk, well, I talked to her about the most difficult things, but many years ago, she said to me, did you ever think about what it was like to have you as a big brother? And my answer was, no. <laughs> and if you'd seen her face, because it's the first time in my whole life I'd actually stopped and went, you know, I'd never considered that perspective yeah. And her shock horror was funny because I'm going, I, 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 my next state, statement to her was, I guess I should probably say sorry then. Because <laughs> she's, you know, you don't need to know any of the stories, but you can guess. Yeah. Um, but I love this whole ethos today about your mindset. Your mindset as a human being is mm-hmm. yours to own, good, bad, or indifferent. And you can wait your whole life for it to get better by external factors. And the bad news is, there's not a lot of bad news, but this is true. It ain't going to happen no. until you lock yourself in a room temporarily, not forever, and face into the mirror and say, I am responsible for what I am today. Mm-hmm. And then work out what your next step is. Yeah. Your life will be the same. Yeah, 100%. And that recognition and that realisation is, is liberating definitely from mm-hmm. those stories that, that hold us, that keep hold us hostage, hold us back in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very easy to blame other people. It's very easy to blame, you know, a bad manager or a, a bad partner, um, you know, or situations out of our control. And it's very challenging and very difficult to face up to the contributions we make in that situation. And this isn't to say anybody's to blame. You know, I want to make that clear. It's not about blame. Yeah. It's just about ownership and recognizing our role that we play in things so that we can avoid those mistakes in the future and build on them. I love totally it. Agree. Right, putting you on the spot, Charlie, because I didn't ask you any of this beforehand. So what one thing out of your plethora of letters of the alphabet, but what one thing, if you could only advise somebody of managing their mindset, would you tell them? Wow. 
I know I should have pre-asked you that one. <laughs> I'm going um, to buy you 20 seconds uh, by telling you what George Powers and I did in New York, where we came up with the phrase, Debbie, do you remember? Chicken liver pate. And the idea was, oh, yeah. if you're dealing with a consumer client or, a, or someone you deliver a service to and they're moaning at you or shouting at you, and all you want to say, go do one, right, mm -hmm. as your mindset, instead of doing that, you just have to think of, ooh, chicken liver pate. Which, yeah, that's if you, if you like, like that, of course. Yeah, if you like it. It could be jam donuts. It could okay. be, it could be um, but it's got to be three syllables and you've got to be able to picture it on something. So like I saw it on a nice French brioche. So you, so in that moment in time, you've bought yourself at least four seconds and then you realise, yeah, I better not display the facial expression that was matching my intention, soften and use your intelligence. Anyway, what's the answer to Debbie's question? <laughs> for that i really want some chicken liver pate for my lunch now um, <laughs> I, I think i think it would be is to be aware and to challenge to get comfortable being uncomfortable um and and to challenge it to challenge the things that you are saying as if you were hearing it from a friend you know and if you find yourself saying i'm rubbish at this challenge am i always rubbish you know I'm, am i rubbish at everything like dave said about the you know nobody loves me yeah. Just that challenging and being open to what that throws up is really powerful. There's a lady uh, called Byron Katie, another one for you to check out, but she um, has built her incredible career on the lines of, is this true? Mm, and as a statement wow. of fact, it's a brilliant thing to just say. And she has a whole um, way of working through it, but I've, I've, I've paraphrased it and simplified it a lot. But just in regards to it, if we actually say to ourselves, you know, oh, it hates me. And then if we actually ask, is this true? Mm -hmm. And if we can't say yes definitively, then we have actually put one of our story lies up yeah. and we've started creating it. So I think there's some really great things there that we can all do that are instant mindset changes and allow us to manage ourselves more effectively. And I think it's. Hey, it's, Dave, I do it. Summarize then. <laughs> you did brilliant, Debbie. And I think I'm just going to add, I think it needs to be, is this true objectively? Because it can be, it can be true to us. It can be subjectively true. But would this stand up in the court of law? You know, is there objective evidence to back up the statement that nobody at work likes me? Is there objective evidence that would stand up in a courtroom that I am useless at my job or I am a bad mother? And if the answer is no, then it can't be 100% true. Yep. And I suppose the other spin on that as well is if the answer is yes, then own it. Actually yes. do something about it. Because if you've worked out that you are the person that is the obstacle or the one that's creating the rocking chair moments, yeah. uh, then do something about it. Because recognition, I mean, I, know, I, I comment on your A to Z's every day. I sit there with it, I generally do. Um, so, but in regards to his understanding that it is, it's about self, self accountability. And actually, Dave will say it a lot is, is that intentional that you've just done that? And I think that's also a really powerful question is, you know, we we don't sometimes, we think it's the right thing to do. I could give you several million examples, but I, won't, I don't think we've got time. Over to you, Mr. Evans. You can summarise our awesome chat, which I actually think we should keep going. Oh, by the <laughs> way, Charlie, just to let you know, uh, now we've got you in season three. We drag you back for season four. Uh, and I know because what we want to do is because we've never experienced a global pandemic before is we all want to kind of reflect back and just see what's 2020 actually given us 
Okay. Because we, Dave and myself, genuinely believe that 2020 has been a, an incredible year for us self-searching, understanding, but also doing things so differently that we forget to reflect backwards. So all our guests are coming back for season four. So I should have pre-warned you on that one. But and, I, and, I, and I also think, Debbie, in that next episode together, we should explore um, a really important idea that destructive or negative self-talk takes the place of self-love so when we come back together let's talk about that specifically because okay. it comes in package in a package isn't it i was trying to think uh pass in a parcel i've lost the phrase really it's hand in hand wow. whatever that phrase is so i think we should explore that so if you've enjoyed listening to this today and this great discovery from uh charlie bezik about her life her challenges her choices and her lessons and how she genuinely faced into the mirror at the darkest times. Once you got past, of course, teaching like a seal. Um, you, know, that's, you know, you did reference three or four times. It still did make me laugh. Um, <laughs> but there is a wonderful lesson here about owning your mindset. And do tune in and listen to her videos on the alphabet up to letter P. And for those of you who don't know what the blockbuster joke is, we'll share a link to the blockbuster video, don't we? When, when Bob asks, get asks for a PB. Yes, Dave, I'll do that. Yep. And I just can't wait to find out what X and Z are going to be, particularly, because uh, that should be cleverly, uh, cleverly executed, I have no doubt. So Charlie, uh, just remind us one more time how people find you. So they can connect with me on LinkedIn or contact me, drop an email at info at charliebeswick.com. Super duper. And I'll make sure all the links are in the podcast too. Thank you. So we have been, as usual, Double Do Business. Uh, loads to unpack as you listen back to this. And we can't wait for the, the sequel with Charlie. Uh, this has been Double Do Business. Every success with your learning. You've been listening to the Double D Do Business Podcast. Brought to you by RLC and sponsored by Coachpad. The coaching tool built for you by coaches for coaches. If you would like any assistance or help for what you've heard today, please feel free to get in touch with us at info at rlc-global.com. That's info at rlc-global.com. And we would be delighted to hear from you. Wishing you every success with your learning.